If you've ever been triggered, you know exactly what it feels like. One minute your day could be going like this, and then the next minute someone says something that triggers you and boom, suddenly you look like this. Now, all kidding aside, emotional triggers can really be devastating on your life because they can make you feel horrible and completely out of control. They can destroy your relationships and they can also prevent you from expanding into new and exciting opportunities. But after watching this video, your days of struggling with triggers will be over. Here's what you're gonna learn. In part one, we're going to go over what triggers are from a spiritual and energy perspective, then why do they happen, where do they come from, and then I'm going to teach you a simple four-step process to help you heal triggers quickly and for good. Coming up. beautiful soul. That intro that you just saw is for the healing and retreat center Rhythmia located in Costa Rica. Rhythmia is a medically licensed retreat center for the use of plant medicine. And I'm going to be teaching a workshop at Rhythmia this upcoming August, 2021. I'll be down there the week of August 1st through the 7th, and I'm going to be teaching there that week. So if you want to join me, I'm going to leave links in the description box below where you can learn more about plant medicine and about how you can join me at Rhythmia if you want to come along. Rhythmia is highly recommended for the use of plant medicine. So if you have a pull to work with plant medicines, but you've been a little bit afraid, I highly recommend Rhythmia. They have a highly trained staff, um, both medical staff and shamans who really make the whole experience of working with plant medicine, highly transformative and healing for you. So I hope to see you down there in August. Before we get into this video, I also wanted to remind you that there is a free workbook attached here as a supplemental resource to this video. The free work book has some key takeaways and also some really cool questions that'll help you go deeper into the content that we discussed today. I'll leave links to that workbook in the description box below so you can download after watching this video. Okay, on to part one of the video, what are emotional triggers? <laughs> so I'm going to give you a general definition of what a trigger is. All right, so here it goes. An emotional trigger is anything that can cause a rapid and intense emotional reaction within you. Okay. So there's the general definition of a trigger. And there are some key characteristics that make triggers really uncomfortable and sometimes very difficult to work with. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over some of those characteristics. The first one is that triggers are rapid onset. Okay. So this is, this is probably one of the most uncomfortable things to work with, uh, with the trigger is how fast they are, how rapid they are in their onset. So I can be going about my day, having a wonderful, wonderful day. Nothing's wrong. Everything's going great. And then something happens either. Maybe I'm watching a movie or, and I see something in that movie that reminds me of something from my past, or my partner says something to me that triggers me. And immediately I go from having a great day and being in a wonderful mood to being totally and utterly emotionally triggered and feeling totally out of control. And I could go from one state to the other in a fraction of a second. All right. So the rapid onset is one of the most difficult things to, to work with when we're dealing with triggers. So there's one of them rapid onset. 
The second characteristic that makes triggers difficult to work with is that they can be spontaneous or not. <laughs> okay. So, so here's the difference. So a trigger can occur when something happens in the outside environment that causes the trigger. Okay. So for example, let's say again, you're having a great day and then suddenly your partner says something that reminds you in your mind, reminds you of something your ex used to say to you. And this was a really toxic ex and a really toxic relationship that you had before. And as soon as you hear this from your partner, you're immediately taken back to this toxic relationship that you used to have, and you are immediately triggered. Okay. So, so here's one way in which we could be triggered from the outside, having something happen to us in the outside. But what's less talked about is that triggers can be spontaneous. <laughs> they can be literally spontaneous coming from within us, not without any kind of trigger from the outside environment. All right. And here's another example of how that could work. You could be washing your dishes. Imagine you're washing your dishes one day and you're just going about, you know, just washing your dishes, nothing's happening. And then suddenly you get inundated with a memory of something that happened to you 10 years ago that was really painful. And it, and it comes out of the blue. You're you're just washing dishes and that memory comes out of the blue. And then suddenly you were perfectly calm and okay. But as soon as that memory comes up again, you're triggered, you're emotionally triggered and you have to stop washing dishes and you have to go sit down and catch your breath. That's how triggered you are. Okay. So these are two different ways in which triggers can come about, but you see, they're not always caused by something in the outside environment. They can actually be caused spontaneously from within us. All right. But spontaneous or not, this is another, uh, another characteristic that's difficult sometimes to work with triggers is that you never know when, when they're going to happen because they can happen spontaneously within you, or they can happen with something going on in your outside environment. The third characteristic that makes triggers sometimes hard to work with is the intense negative emotions that are attached to triggers. All right. So we never say we're triggered when we have elevated emotions. So nobody would ever say I'm totally triggered because I'm feeling love <laughs> or I'm totally triggered because I'm happy. It never happens with more elevated emotions. Triggers are highly associated with intense negative emotions. And this is one of the reasons why they're so difficult to work with because those negative emotions come on very intensely. This is, this is a word. This is a really, this is a really big word when it, when it comes to triggers is intensity. All right. So intense emotional, uh, um, emotions come up, intense, negative emotions come up. They come up very quickly and they come up very intensely. And that makes working with triggers a little bit difficult because working with intense, negative emotions is already hard enough, let alone when they all, you know, lots of them come up really rapid with a lot of rapid onset and very intensely. Okay. So the, the fact that triggers are associated with negative emotions, with dense emotions really makes them, it's an, another reason why they're so difficult for us to work through. The fourth characteristic is that triggers can be reactive or they can cause withdrawal. So reactive versus reaction versus withdrawal. This is another interesting characteristic because when we talk about triggers, the majority of the time people think that when they're triggered, there's some kind of outside reaction involved. Okay. So, so my partner says something to me, I'm really triggered and I get really angry and I start screaming at them. Okay. So usually when people think of themselves as being 
being triggered. It usually involves some kind of intense emotional reaction that you really can't hide from anyone around you. People know when you're triggered because you explode, you start screaming, something happens. You say, you know, you say things, you, you know, just run out of the house and leave. So there's, there's some outside uh, reaction or action associated with, uh, with a trigger. But what's talked about less is that triggers aren't always reactive. Okay. What's talked about less is that triggers can cause withdrawal also. All right. And this happened to me. This is actually how I used to be triggered was, uh, there was an intense withdrawal. So when I was triggered, instead of lashing out emotionally, I actually shut down emotionally. I, I dissociated from the trigger. I dissociated from my emotions. And I really withdrew. I receded into my subconscious mind. And that's a really hard trigger to work with because when you do that, the, the person that triggered you, they don't even know what's going on. And, and if you're withdrawn, you can't talk it through with that person. And this is usually because triggers often, uh, the hardest triggers are the ones associated with people. And so I remember, you know, in my past relationships, my partners would ask me, you know, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What happened? And I couldn't even answer because I was totally withdrawn on from being triggered. It was, it was the way that it was a protection mechanism for me was the withdrawal with total shutdown and total withdrawal. This is actually common also when we're triggered. So it, so triggers aren't just, they, they don't just cause reactive things in us. They can cause withdrawal. So sometimes people don't even know that they are working with triggers because they're used to seeing the triggers uh, seem like this very explosive reaction that I have in the outside environment. And so they would never think of calling what they're going through through a trigger, but it is, they're just, they're just withdrawing inward when they're being triggered. It's a different way of, of dealing with the trigger, but it's the same thing. You're still being triggered. The trigger is there and it needs to be addressed regardless of whether you react outwardly or, or whether you withdraw, it's the same thing. It still needs to be worked through. Okay. So now that we've gone over the mainstream psychology kind of definition of what a trigger is now, let's get into more, let's go deeper. Let's get into the spiritual and energy perspective perspective on what triggers are. So let me give you the definition, the spiritual definition, the energy alchemy definition of what a trigger is. Okay. So a trigger is a protection mechanism that blocks entry into a wound. <laughs> okay. So we're going to, we're going to go deeper into what the heck I mean by this, but that's, that's the alchemy definition. A trigger is a protection mechanism that blocks entry into a wound. Okay. So from an energy perspective, what a trigger really is, is a decoy. Okay. That that's the perfect word for a trigger. A trigger is a decoy that's distracting you from an actual wound that's within you that you have not healed. And so the trigger kind of acts as a decoy. And let me give you, let me give you two metaphors, two examples of what this feels like energetically so that you can understand what triggers are really doing. All right. So the first one is to imagine that you have a guard dog in a property. All right. So you have a properly trained guard dog holding guard on a property. When you get close to the gate of that property, what do you think the guard dog is going to do? <laughs> they are trained to come up to the gate, very violently bark at you so that they, that you know that there is a guard dog there. Do not trespass on this property. All right. So that's one way of looking at a trigger. It's that guard dog that starts barking, distracting you and making sure 
ensure that you don't enter into the property. All right. That's one way of looking at a trigger. Another way of looking at a trigger is literally like a decoy. So decoys are used a lot uh, when hunting, but the word decoy literally means that you are being distracted. You're, you're being distracted over here so that you don't look over here. Okay. So, so imagine that, you know, you're looking to your left and then someone says, Hey, Hey, look over here. And you shift your awareness to your right. And you look over to the right, to that person that's waving at you. They're distracting you. Okay. So that's a classic example of a decoy. Regardless of how you look at triggers, these two images, these two metaphors can be used to, to kind of look into triggers energetically, but regardless of whether you think of them as a guard dog, or you think of them as a decoy distracting you, the, the, the main point here is that triggers are distracting you or keeping you from getting access into a wound, an unhealed wound within you. And the triggers right in front of it going, nope, nope, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> okay. And that's, what's really important to understand about triggers. If you don't know this energy definition and you don't understand what a trigger is doing, that the trigger is actually put into place as a protection mechanism. Now I'm using air quotes. So if you're watching this on podcast version and you don't, that's why I'm, I'm saying I'm using air quotes here because it really, the fact that the trigger is put in place as a protection mechanism that could have been true early on when you first were wounded, but then it, it really isn't true later on because really what the trigger is doing, it's not protecting you anymore. Right now, as you're watching this video, you're an adult cause I don't have children watching these videos probably. So you're an adult. And as an adult, I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that your triggers are not protecting you from anything. They're actually keeping you from healing the core wounds that are right behind the trigger. All right. Those wounds have not been healed. And the issue, the reason that we spend so much time not addressing the wound and not healing the wound is because we're too distracted by the, the, the trigger. How do I cope with triggers? How do I deal with triggers? The trigger is really the least of your problems because the trigger is there. It's in place because there's an unhealed wound without unhealed wounds. I have no triggers. Okay. So this is a really important part of triggers that needs to be understand. They're there as a decoy trying to distract you from unhealed wounds that really need to be addressed and healed. So let's use an example so that we could see this play between triggers and unhealed wounds. Okay. Let's, let's use a, let's use a concrete example. Let's say that, um, let's say that you, your neighbor, one of your best friends is your neighbor and they come over and they say to you one day that they're going to move across the country. All right. So they're going to move across the country. They've been your best friend for a really long time. They've lived next door for a really long time. And then suddenly, as soon as your best friend says they're going to move across the country, you're immediately triggered. And you're triggered because in your past, there was some sort of abandonment that you endured. And as soon as your friend says that they're moving away, that immediately triggers the wound of abandonment that was not healed in your life. Okay. So you see, it wasn't that your friend is moving away. That, that's not, that's not the issue. The, is, the issue isn't that your friend's moving away. The issue is that your friend moving away triggered a deeper wound that was unhealed in you, a wound of abandonment that you had way before your best friend even came in the picture. All right. So this, this shows you the play between triggers and unhealed wounds, right? 
And, and this is why a lot of times when we're triggered, we can go into distractive or decoying behavior. So a lot of times when we're triggered, we can, we can go into emotional eating. We can go into gaming or addictions. We can go into alcohol. We can go on a shopping spree. There are all kinds of addictive or distractive behaviors that we can engage in when we're triggered, because again, those distracting behaviors help the trigger decoy and distract you from the original wound that was there. All right. So this is kind of giving you an understanding on the play between triggers and the unhealed wound that those triggers are blocking you from accessing. So now that we know a lot more about triggers from an energy perspective, let's go one layer deeper, just one more layer deeper so that you can understand even further the energetics between unhealed wounds and the triggers that protect them. Okay. And that's really understanding the energy flow with unhealed wounds. Okay. So what an unhealed wound is really the way that it behaves energetically inside of you is that an unhealed wound behaves almost like a cancerous tumor. Okay. So if you've, if you understand cancer, what cancer really is, what a cancerous tumor is, is these are mutated unhealthy cells that start to grow much faster than healthy cells. And what they start to do is they start to siphon energy energy from the surrounding cells. They basically, they basically starve the surrounding cells to death. So a cancerous tumor pulls energy from the surrounding healthy tissue. And that's why that surrounding healthy tissue starts to die off. A cancerous tumor requires an enormous amount of energy for it to grow. It's the same thing with unhealed wounds. They start to pull chi to themselves, energy. They start to pull energy, more and more energy to the wound. And the wound starts to get energetically bigger, more powerful and more powerful. The bigger the unhealed wound from an energy perspective, the larger the emotional trigger associated with it. All right. Let me say that again. Ding, ding. Important aspect. The bigger the unhealed wound that I have within me, the bigger the emotional trigger that I have associated with that, with that wound. This is super important for you to know because you can actually start to list the unhealed wounds within you in the order of importance and of depth. Okay. So you know that if you are really triggered regarding a certain topic, if the trigger is so big and almost uncontrollable, you also know now that from an energy perspective, the wound associated with that trigger is enormous and it's siphoning a lot of energy from your energy system. Okay. So here's a little bit of an energy. Uh, and a deeper energy alchemy understanding of how this works and why it's imperative for you to not only work through the emotional triggers, which we're going to get into in a little bit, but also to get to the core of that unhealed wound. Because when you do that, unless you get to the core of the unhealed wound, you're never going to be able to fully deal with, with triggers. This is why sometimes the advice out there given on how to deal with triggers is too superficial because they're teaching you how to work with the trigger, but they're not addressing the unhealed wound that's siphoning all that energy that's actually feeding the trigger. Okay. So that needs to be dealt with. But now, you know, after understanding this energy perspective, what's going on from an energy perspective is that these wounds and these triggers are pulling energy towards themselves. And the more they pull, the more that the bigger, the energy gets, the more in control of your life, this wound becomes On to part two of the video. Where do they come from? Where do triggers come from? Okay. So 
the majority of triggers usually come from some sort of childhood experience that you had at a time when you were emotionally and spiritually immature to deal with that, with that issue that was going on in your life. And so the wounds were created and then those triggers were created in response. Okay. That's the most common. Usually our biggest triggers do come from childhood and things that we went through in childhood. And that's why, that's why a, an emotional trigger can sometimes be so it, we can have such immature reactions when we're triggered. I mean, is, isn't this true? Have you ever noticed in yourself that when you're triggered, it's almost like you revert back to being a child. <laughs> that's let's literally what happens. Why? Because the inner child, the one that was originally wounded when she's triggered, she comes up and she takes control of your energy system. And suddenly you go from a completely mature adult to a totally immature tantruming child. <laughs> and this is what happens with emotional triggers. Why? Because that inner child is very active in an emotional trigger because these wounds were created at a time when this inner child didn't have the tools or the capacity to heal and process these things. Okay. So, so these wounds and these triggers were really created from the immature aspect of us that went through painful things at a time when we weren't ready to process them. All right. That's, that's where the majority of triggers are born, but it's not just in childhood. Okay. So I'll give you an example of how a trigger can actually be born in adulthood. All right. Cause that, that can happen also. It's not as common, but it can happen also, especially with people suffering from PTSD or trauma that happened in adulthood. So here's, here's a, an example. Let's say you're, you know, driving down the highway one day and there's a horrible multi-car accident and you just get piled up in the middle of all these cars, multiple people die. And so this is a really traumatizing experience for you. In that moment, you can have a wound be born from that trauma. And as soon as a wound is born, a trigger can be born also with it. Okay. So, so this just to, to give you an illustration that triggers aren't always born in childhood. They can be born at any time where we experience some kind of traumatic experience, even if it's in adulthood. Now, the difference here and why triggers are less common when we're adults is because when we go through a traumatic experience or when we go through a painful experience as adults, the likelihood that that will turn into a PTSD or to some kind of complex trauma is lower because we're already mature adults, right? So we already have a more mature way of going through problems, of seeing life, of being able to work through emotions. We have totally different uh, skill set and tool set when we're adults than when we're children. We have absolutely no way of coping with these things when we're children, all right? So even though you can go through pain uh, and, and very painful experiences in adulthood, that doesn't always mean that they turn into unhealed wounds and into triggers, all right? Cause you can heal right through those things when you're an adult a lot more easily than you can when you're a child. But this isn't to say that triggers can't be formed because again, you know, if you go through something highly traumatizing, like, like this car accident that I was just talking about or something, uh, some other horrible thing that can happen to you, it's perfectly normal for you to have unhealed wounds that then create triggers. And so we have to work through those triggers and work through those unhealed wounds. But this is just to give you an understanding that the majority of triggers are born in childhood, but not 
not always. Okay. So when you're looking at your life, you'll be able to now see with more accuracy, where were these wounds born? Where were these triggers born? Was it in my childhood or was it because of something that I went through as an adult? On to part three of the video, how to heal triggers. All right. So I'm going to share with you a really powerful four step process. Take this step-by-step in sequence. uh, And this is really going to help you heal triggers for good. All right. The first step in this process is to change your view on triggers. Oh my God, this is so important to change your view on triggers because usually the way that we view triggers is something that we need to avoid, something that we need to run away from, something that we need to, we need to make the outside world adjust to us so we don't get triggered. That's usually what we do. We spend a significant amount of time telling other people what they should say or what they shouldn't say around us so that we don't get triggered. (laughs) So we want the outside world to mold itself so that we don't get triggered. That's usually how the majority of people respond to triggers. Others, they, they just really want to learn how to cope with triggers. And I'm using air quotes because I really hate that word coping with something, because when you're coping with something, what you're really saying is you're never going to get rid of it. You're never going to solve it. You're just going to cope with it. And I don't, I don't believe that that's the way to go with triggers because triggers can be eliminated. They can be healed once and for all. And this first step really helps you with this and completely changing your view on triggers at, from a view of you wanting to avoid triggers at all costs. So you don't get upset to a view where you start to understand that triggers are actually priceless in your healing journey. All right. So I'm going to share with you one of my favorite mantras and this mantra will hopefully change your life. All right. When it comes to triggers and here's the mantra triggers are my best friends. (laughs) I say this mantra a lot. Sometimes people freak out with me a little bit because they're like, what triggers are never going to be my best friends. Are you insane? Triggers make me feel horrible. Why would they be my best friends? They are your best friends because now from all that we've been talking about in this video, you understand that a trigger is a decoy keeping you away from a core wound. So if triggers are my best friends, what they're doing is they're showing me wounds, unhealed wounds that I didn't know I had unhealed in me. (laughs) You see, isn't that amazing? It means that every time I'm triggered, if I am triggered in the present moment, you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can say, I'm triggered because I still have wounds. All right, let's heal them. (laughs) Isn't this amazing? Isn't this way better than walking around in life without even realizing that you have unhealed wounds in you? Isn't it better to just see them? And the way that you can see unhealed wounds that are very repressed sometimes in us is through triggers. The triggers are so big. They're so um, disruptive of your life that when you have a trigger, you can't really ignore it. So now when you shift your awareness on what triggers are, you can go from an understanding of saying, Triggers are something that I need to avoid to saying to yourself, triggers are my best friends. And from here on in, whenever I'm triggered, I'm just going to say to myself, there's another unhealed wound that I need to see and heal. And you're going to go right into the healing. Okay. So this first step is crucial. And it really, just, just by changing your perspective on how you see triggers, what this is going to do, it's immediately going to calm your system, but it's also, it's going to decrease the fear 
Because if you're, if triggers are your best friends, you're not going to be afraid of being triggered anymore, right? <laughs> so fear is going to diminish from your system and you'll be able to work through the trigger when you are triggered the next time. All right. So this is step number one, completely shift your way in which you look at triggers. And when you do that, when you understand that triggers are like a gold mine that could take you to unhealed wounds that you didn't even realize you had, now you're starting to get into this more spiritual maturity and emotional maturity that's required to get right to the core of how to heal triggers. One little side note that I wanted to leave here, ding, ding, little side note on triggers is that we talked about the energetics behind the wounds and the triggers. So the bigger that wound, the bigger the trigger is going to be. So in a lot of senses, unless you change the way before you change the way you look at a, at a trigger, your triggers are really controlling you, right? If you expect your outside environment to change and to mold itself so that you don't get triggered, what you're really saying is that those triggers control you. They control your life. And when you shift the way you look at triggers from, uh, from being something that you need to avoid or to cope with to being something that you can use as your best friend to show you things, to show you unhealed wounds. When you shift this perspective, the triggers stop controlling you. You see, just by shifting your perspective, triggers will no longer control your life just by following this first step. And that's really incredible place to start. Now to step two of the process, and that is to recall your power. This is so, so important. So this really is an energy alchemy step. Because if you remember what we talked about in terms of the, of the wound and the trigger siphoning energy from your energy system and concentrating that energy in the unhealed wound, now you understand that in order to heal all of this, you have to recall your power back from that wound, that wound and the trigger associated with it though that has to stop controlling you. And the way that you do that is you recall power. You recall the energy that that wound has been siphoning from your energy system. You recall it back to the beautiful essence, to the soul that inhabits in this body and away from the wound. Okay. And this is, this step is really, really drastically different from what we usually do when we're dealing with, with triggers, because what we usually do is we either run away from the trigger, we emotionally eat, we drink, we do all kinds of different things to remove, to run away from the trigger instead of recalling the power and removing the power from that trigger. So all of these different behaviors that we do when we're triggered, this actually is showing how much power the trigger at has over for us, including a lot of times, this is very common for us to actually expect the outside world to accommodate itself in order for us to not be triggered. And I'll actually give you an example because this, this happens to me. Sometimes I'll get emails from people and they'll say, you know, I really love your videos, but in this video, you said something during one of your videos that really triggered me. Can you please talk about this in a different way next time? So I'm not triggered. <laughs> I've had people email me before, uh, asking this now look at how ass backwards this is, right? Look at how, how this, how this looks completely backwards. The person is trying to make the outside environment mold itself so that they don't have to be triggered. And you see how this is a, this is a losing battle for that person because no matter how much the outside environment molds itself, they will always be triggered because a trigger is only present when a wound is present. If they don't heal the wound, the trigger is going to be perpetually there no matter what they do to try and get the environment to mold themselves 
themselves or to change or to accommodate to them in order for their triggers to not be, uh, to not be activated. Okay. So this is kind of an ass backwards way of doing it. The best way of doing this is to heal the wound completely. And then you're not triggered. Then you don't have the outside environment can do whatever it wants. You're never going to be triggered again because the wound isn't there anymore. And this step of energy alchemy is really important. Recalling that power. And, and this isn't really hard to do. Actually, this is very simple when you realize when you know what's going on and you know, what's happening on an energy level, when you know the alchemy behind it, now what you're going to do is you are going to just, it could be something as simple as you just closing your eyes, coming up with the mantra and just saying to yourself, I recall my power from this wound now or I recall my power from this trigger. Now it could be statements as simple as that. And that could really, the power of your intention is so important in the healing of wounds when you intend and when you say something and so it is. Okay. And so that powerful step of just recalling your power from these overly big wounds and these triggers that are siphoning energy from you, the act of you recalling that power will really start to make a difference because here's, what's going to happen on an energy perspective, that huge wound and the huge trigger that was associated with it. When you start to call back power, you're going to start pulling energy from the wound and pulling energy from the trigger, which means the more that you recall your power, the smaller the wound gets, the smaller the energy gets, the smaller, the smaller until the wound literally dissolves because it has no more chi feeding it. It has no more energy feeding it. This is a really, this can seem like it's a very woo woo thing to do, but it's really not. This is basic energy alchemy and it can really, really work when you use the power of your conscious awareness to recall and move energy at your command, you have the power to do this. All right. So it's, it's more just a little bit of you coming into your power and realizing who you are on a soul level. You're a really powerful soul residing in a physical body and you can move energy around that body at will. Okay. So, so this is a really important step. Recall your power, say to yourself, I will no longer allow triggers to control my life. Nope. I'm an eternal soul. I'm not here to let triggers control me. I'm not here to let wounds control me. I'm here to heal. I'm going to heal all these unhealed wounds. I'm going to heal them. Now I recall that power from this wound now in all directions of time. I love to use mantras like this. Okay. But make up your own. It's always good to design your own mantras because it makes them more powerful when they're really made by you originally, but you can use the mantras that, that, um, you can start with the mantras that I'm providing here in this video, but also go deeper and start to make your own mantras. The more you pull power from the wounds, the more they start to dwindle and disintegrate. Now to step three of the process, go through the trigger. <laughs> okay. So in this step, what you're going to do is you're going to use your understanding of everything that we've been going through in this video. You now know that a trigger is a decoy that's keeping you from accessing a wound. So it's natural that in the process of healing the trigger, you have to go right to the wound that created that trigger in the first place. Okay. So this is where you're going to go straight to the wound. You're going to go straight through the trigger and to the wound. All right. It's time to come face to face with the wound that caused the trigger in the first place. Okay. And the way that you do that is you're going to go right through the trigger and come face to face with the wound that that trigger is protecting. 
All right, this is really, really important. You could do this in, in various steps. There's various ways for coming face to face with your unhealed wounds. Here are some, some simple steps that I like to use. I like to sit in meditation to just assess, you know, feel what I'm feeling, feel my wounds. This is especially pertinent. If you can do this when you're being triggered, right as you're being triggered, if you can have the presence of mind to do this work while you're being triggered, you can actually heal the wound a lot faster because when you're triggered, you're right there, right? You're right almost at the wound. The trigger is distracting you a little bit, but if you have the presence of mind to say, nope, I'm not going to get distracted by this trigger. I'm going to go right through it. What's the wound? That is the million dollar question is not what's the trigger, not what's triggering me, not what this person said to me that was horrible that triggered me. No, 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 no. I'm going to bypass all that superficial talk and all that superficial noise. I'm going to go right through the trigger. And the million dollar question is, what is the unhealed wound back there? That's the question. Okay. And so I like to do this work a lot. I'll just sit down, especially if, if, if this is happening during a triggering, that's even more powerful. If when you're triggered, you can take the time to do this. You sit down, you take a nice deep breath. You, it's almost like you're totally bypassing the trigger. You're not allowing yourself to be distracted by it. You're not letting it distract you. You breathe through. I like using breath a lot. You breathe through the trigger and you're going to ask yourself, what wound is this trigger protecting? And you journal about it. I love to use journaling when it comes to this type of healing work, because a lot of times these unhealed wounds are repressed in us. And so when we journal, it's like, it's very cathartic because we're bringing that energy up to the surface and onto a piece of paper. It's very, very cathartic to do this work like this. Okay. So, so journal, breathe through it, ask a lot of questions. It's always important to ask questions when we're triggered, not just why am I triggered? That could be a good starting question, but then go deeper. What is the wound that this trigger is protecting? And you'll get there. You will get there. This is your million dollar question. What's the wound that this trigger is protecting? Write about it breathe through it, sit with the emotions. Don't run away from them. Don't go eat a bag of donuts. Don't go have a bottle of wine. Don't go have sex with some random person. Don't do anything outwardly to distract you from this work. When you're triggered, this is the time to go down and ask, what is the wound that this trigger is protecting? Write about it, sit with it, let it all come to the surface. This is a really, really important step. When you do this step, you're going to get to the core of that wounding and that wounding is going to start to disintegrate. You're already on your way for these triggers to disappear completely. Step four and the last step of the process is to heal the wound. So in step three, I got face to face with that wound. I started to write about it. I started to journal about it. I started to ask important questions. And now, now that I understand the wound more, this is the, this is the key word here. Ding, ding understanding of the wound. I, in step three, I, I started to journal and I started to ask questions and I understood the wound. Now in step four, I'm going to heal the wound. And that really, the healing of the wound already starts with just being aware and being conscious of it. And also understanding it a little bit more when you do that, you're going to already be healing it. All right. So this, this healing of the wound really in this step, what I'm talking about is emotional processing. Here's another, there, here's another term that fell on my head right now. Emotional processing, ding, ding. Okay. 
This is literally what it means to heal a deep wound is processing the emotions associated with it. That's the only reason why we have unhealed wounds. We don't have unhealed wounds because of the imagery of the memory of things that happened to us. We don't have unhealed wounds because of the actual events. We have unhealed wounds because of the emotional content, the emotional charge associated with those events. That's what's hardest for us to deal with. And so when it comes to this step, uh, what I'm going to do to heal this wound is I'm going to learn how to sit with and process emotions without any fear, no matter how dense the emotion is. This is really the hallmark of a, of a spiritual and, and, uh, just a, a spiritual and emotionally mature adult. This is the hallmark of a spiritual uh, and emotional mature adult is, is just this ability to sit through any emotion, no matter what it is, because when you're spiritually and emotionally mature, you're really sitting in the position of the soul that resides this body. And that soul is wise. That soul is old. That soul isn't afraid of emotions. Like what's, what's an emotion to the eternity of your soul, right? It's nothing. So you're going to hold that position, that very mature position, and you're going to sit down and you're going to say, there is nothing within me that I am no longer willing, uh, unwilling to to feel. I am willing to feel anything that needs to be felt within me. As soon as you do that and you start sitting with these emotions, you start letting them circulate, the energy starts to move. And that's really all that was necessary for the emotional healing to take place anyways, was the acknowledgement and the feeling of the emotion and letting it pass through me. That movement of energy starts to dissolve the emotional charge. And once the emotional charge starts to dissolve, so does the wound that, that it was feeding. Okay. So this part here is literally a lot just about now that you understand the wound from step three, now you're going to let that energy circulate through you. You're going to bear witness to that wound. You're going to feel it and you're going to let the energy move through you. Okay. That that's really what's meant by healing the wound is just doing this more mature approach to emotional, uh, mastery, but to emotional processing also. To go deeper into how to heal wounds and how to let go of the past and go deeper into this whole healing process, I shot a whole video on how to let go of the past, how to heal it, and how to let it go. I'm going to leave links in the description box below so you can watch that video after this one. But I also want to leave you with a little pro tip here, okay? So pro tip, ding, ding, pro tip here on how to do this fourth step. Uh, there's a little bit extra thing that you could do that, that makes this, this healing of old wounds easier. And that is to reassure your inner child. Okay. One of the reasons why we hold on to unhealed wounds for so long is because we have a dominant inner child that takes over our energy system when we're feeling emotions. Now this inner child is wounded because she didn't know how to deal with emotions way back when uh, painful things happened to you. And so she's remained dominant within you with that. Whenever any kind of emotional intensity comes up, the inner, the wounded inner child starts to freak out again and start to panic within you. So if you just reassure this inner child that if you do this work of reassuring the inner child, the, the emotional healing, the, the healing of wounds is going to become so much easier because she won't sabotage you anymore. The inner child won't sabotage you anymore. All right. So this is the pro tip. Go into that beautiful inner child, reassure her. Sometimes you could reassure her just with mantras, just with beautiful, soothing, loving talk. 
You can say things to her like, everything is okay. It's safe for me to feel emotions. I can do this work. I'm an adult now. You see, just have this beautiful, beautiful, loving inner talk to reassure your inner child. The calmer that inner child is, the more you can do this deep emotional uh, healing, the faster you can heal these wounds. Now to do, to go deeper on the inner child, more than what I just talked about here, I shot a whole video on inner child and inner child healing. I'm going to leave links in the description box below for you to watch that video after this one. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below if you're struggling with emotional triggers right now, and I want to know which ones they are. Let me know in the comments below. And don't forget to download our free workbook that accompanies this video. Links to that free workbook are in the description box below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website where you can download my popular guided meditations. And don't forget these videos that I recommended in this one. This would be great for you to continue viewing. All right, beautiful soul. I love you. I'm out.